The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello there, I'm Peter Strachan. Welcome to another edition of Stockhead's Rock Yarn. BPH Energy has recently added new equity and is pursuing investments in several diverse fronts. To outline some of these new opportunities and update on project developments, we're delighted to welcome David Breeze, who is the chairman of BPH Energy Limited. Welcome, David. Can we begin by a brief description of BPH's corporate structure and its investee companies? Thank you, Peter, and uh, I'm pleased to meet with you today and go through some of these uh, corporate issues and investments. So first off, BPH is the listed uh, entity. It has investments into uh, hydrogen, into advent energy, and into uh, cortical as its primary investments. And I'll speak to the investments that sit in within advent as well, which is uh, primarily the PEP11 project, as well as the uh, project in the Taranaki Basin offshore in New Zealand. And we have a further investment, of course, in the uh, Bonaparte Basin onshore in the uh, Northern Territory. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. So, David, can you update subscribers on progress of the company's recent capital raisings? I think you've, you're raising about $3 million from what I can see. It's still ongoing. Yes, so we've just completed uh, just over $3 million worth of uh, capital raisings and we have just issued a new prospectus for a loyalty options uh, capital raising which will itself raise up to $400,000 and that will be completed on the schedule that we've just announced to the stock exchange by the end of uh, December this year. Okay, so then uh, you'll be fairly cashed up, although you're paying some of that money out for the investment in the hydrogen technology. Is that right? Uh, yes, uh, we have an option uh, which is yet to be called for the hydrogen investment, and that is for the second tranche of the hydrogen investment. We have already invested one million US dollars for the first ten percent in clean hydrogen technologies, and uh, th there is the uh, possibility that the company uh, will now call upon the second 10% to take us to a 20% total investment in uh, clean hydrogen technologies. Okay, so you've taken that prophylactic step of getting ahead of the game. So once it's all done, can you give us an idea of the what the... Um, share registry will look like um, once all these issues are out by the end of the year? So we'll have uh, 863 million uh, shares on issue and then uh, in addition we will have up to 107 million uh, additional options in this uh, current uh, loyalty option issue dependent upon the take-up in that uh, transaction. We have of course the right to be able to place shortfall. Uh, the prospectus for that was actually lodged on the ASX platform this morning. Okay, good. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, 
Through your 36.1% interest in Advent Energy, uh, BPH has an interest in an appeal against the decision to refuse an extension to the uh, term of the permit that PEP 11 offshore from Newcastle. And that's where Advent has an 85% interest in that permit. So how's this appeal proceeding and what's the time frame for the appeal process, David? So uh, the appeal is in the federal court. The uh, hearing uh, for the appeal itself is due by March of next year. Um, I can't actually speak to the uh, legal issues in detail because it is, of course, before the court, uh, except to say that uh, the Justice Bell has just released her report into the additional ministries that uh, the former Prime Minister Morrison uh, held in addition to uh, his um, Prime Minister's uh, portfolio, of course, and uh, that makes for a very interesting reading to all and sundry, and that's uh, available to the public at large. The key uh, aspect of that report, uh, which was lodged on Friday, is that the only decision which Mr Morrison made uh, was in relation to PEP 11, and the uh, Bell Inquiry made a number of uh, crucial uh, observations and findings in relation to the sequence of events that occurred in the making of that, uh, they will, of course, be uh, taken into the uh, federal court hearing. Yeah. So, uh, David, I'm very much aware of this uh, project, the baleen structure, but can you tell the listener why the company believes that the baleen structure is so Perspective for gas. So the uh, New South Wales uh, is the continuation of a massive super basin that starts up in Queensland in the Bowen Surrat and continues all the way through uh, Queensland down into uh, northern New South Wales and offshore to the Sydney Basin. Um, it is, a, in fact, a, a proven hydrocarbon basin and the technical success rate uh, in the Sydney Basin itself is uh, over 60%. In fact, uh, it's in uh, world scale uh, at the uh, very top end of the uh, te- technical success rate percentages. Now, um, the reason that we're so enthusiastic about that is that offshore we have observed through both seismic and direct geophysical measurements of uh, gas that's seeping out of the seafloor at multiple places across that area found that there is thermogenic hydrocarbons, to put that in context. In other words, it's uh, gas. It's a gas uh, basin and and both Geoscience Australia and uh, other uh, authorities, including the CSIRO Petroleum Research Division, have reported upon the uh, seismic indications uh, and we have, of course, had independent verification of the geochemistry and the gas, which puts it at the um, uh, uh, C1 to C8 
uh, wet gas end of the uh, area. So uh, we're extremely enthusiastic about the potential. In fact, uh, the uh, independent geologist uh, review that was carried out by Don Marlin reported on a 20 square kilometre target at Baleen. Uh, and the, again, the independent geologist report said that that might have uh, 1.5 TCF prospective recoverable. Yeah. So, David, um, if your appeal is uh, successful and you move to drill an exploration well how, at Baleen, how much in the current environment, how much would that cost? Uh, we've not yet put a, a cost figure into the ASX. I can give you the last well as an indicator. Yeah. Uh, the last well had a cost of around $26 million. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll take you a bit further, though, by way of an answer. Australia, as is the world, in the uh, midst of an energy crisis at the moment, gas is a crucial component of the makeup of the transition into uh, net zero emissions. And uh, gas in particular has been recognised in the budget that um, Minister Chalmers uh, put out just several weeks ago as uh, a key component in the uh, inflation and the need to have gas in that energy transition. So, in fact, there are only two areas now in New South Wales or adjacent to New South Wales where additional gas may be uh, sourced, and that is in the uh, Santos project in the north of uh, New South Wales and the PEP11 project offshore. So potentially we have in the PEP11 project a solution to the uh, energy crisis and in particular the gas supply crisis, which is causing so much trouble which is impacting households through inflation and which is impacting businesses through gas price inflation into the supply side of their businesses. And, of course, we've said previously that there's around 250 to 300,000 jobs in New South Wales in gas-related uh, businesses. And this is the really key point to understand. New South Wales imports 95% of the gas that it uses for industrial and commercial and, if you like, household uses. And next year, the 5% that isn't, uh, or the 5% or so that isn't um, imported will in fact be closed off. Now, Victoria is going to reduce in its production of gas out of the Bass Strait field by 43% or thereabouts over the next three to five years. And the importance of that I'll give you in context. Over the last 60 years, the Bass Strait fields have produced around six TCF of gas and supplied all of the uh, energy for Victoria from uh, the offshore fields and uh, even indeed for a significant portion of the supply into New South Wales. 
So having an alternative source of gas in the future for East Coast Australia is critical. And so the PEP11 project uh, can become a key part of that uh, energy crisis solution. Yeah, indeed. And it's... um it's uh, the price of gas on the east coast has gone up five, sixfold uh, since before the uh, cluster was built in um, in Gladstone. So uh, you know we need, I guess, a sort of transition fuel for the next ten or fifteen years to give uh, time for those rebuildable power solutions, uh, intermittent power solutions, to come online. So let's move on. Move on. Um, Advent's also got some interests in the Taranaki Basin in New Zealand. What's the status of this right to acquire that you have? I'll, I'll move to Taranaki um, v- uh, very shortly, but I'll just explain one further facet about gas supply in Australia. The South Australian Minister for Resources has made it quite clear in remarks that he made at a conference uh, two uh, or three weeks ago that South Australia would not be well-minded to supply additional gas into New South Wales. Uh, The Western Australian uh, Premier and others have said that they they were adverse to supplying additional gas into New South Wales, even if that were possible out of the gas fields in Western Australia. The Northern Territory Blacktip field has most recently caused the shutdown of the Northern Territory gas supply pipeline into New South Wales. So these issues in terms of gas supply are crucial and the difficulties are expanding in the current circumstance. This is going to impact in the uh, situation that we have households right across East Coast Australia. And uh, that's a really uh, difficult issue and the government will have to come up with a solution that meets those requirements and we can be part of that solution. And now, I'm sorry, Peter, I'll move into uh, the offshore Taranaki Taranaki and give you a a background on that. Again, the Taranaki is the major gas and, uh, and hydrocarbon supply source into New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand itself also has a significant reliance upon gas and gas is a key component, obviously, of the transition into uh, net zero. Here's the difficulty for uh, New Zealand and I'm going to come and answer you in in a better uh, manner quite shortly, but New Zealand has around 25% of uh, its energy from gas, and it now only has around five to ten years worth at maximum of gas supply. And so it very obviously needs a significant new input of uh, hydrocarbons into that. And the uh, Taranaki that we're in uh, can become a a significant uh, alternative additional source of hydrocarbons into the New Zealand mix. What's the status of the permits, according to the government? Yeah, the status is that uh, we're currently pending an approval from the New Zealand government for the approval to us to participate 
as a 30% interest holder with OMV in the offshore Taranaki field. The um, uh, OMV, when they drilled this, uh, the uh, what's called two to I one, uh, actually uh, said that it was a hydrocarbon discovery, but because they had reached the bottom of that well at uh, the time, which was about mid-March 2020, they actually had to cease operations and plug and abandon that well because they weren't able to bring additional crew in to do the uh, shift changeover. So they're fair to say that there are a couple of interesting prospects there uh, should the, uh, the activities proceed. Indeed. Very yeah. much so. Can we just skip over to the uh, clean hydrogen technologies? You've recently taken this interest. Can you uh, outline the entrance cost and the plans to develop this technology? BPH invested a million US dollars for a 10% interest. The technology is a, a process which takes methane gas and converts it by a catalytic process into both hydrogen and carbon black. It was invented 10 years ago. It was successful at the time in treating waste heat uh, gases out of uh, industrial processes and it quite happily produced hydrogen and carbon black, but it didn't produce high-quality carbon nanotubes at 100%, which is one of these very uh, strange quirks of science but, of course, it produced carbon black. And now, yeah. of course, and this is a really key thing to understand, no one cares about uh, the fact that uh, they only produce carbon black. We can quite readily sell carbon black. But, in fact, what everyone now cares about, which is what why we went into this investment, is that they can produce hydrogen out of it. Yeah. So, David, um, with the process, does it... It rely on having uh, an efficient carbon capture and storage opportunity there as well. No, it doesn't, and that's the key. It's it has in the results that it's had to date had something like a ninety nine percent efficiency in converting methane into both carbon black and hydrogen without a CO two emission. Yeah. So, in fact, that's a really key component, Peter, into understanding the strength of this technology. It'll be an interesting one to follow as it's uh, developed. So just finally and very briefly, uh, and for something completely different, BPH has invested in a medical technology company, Cortical Dynamics. Can you tell us about plans for your BARM technology there? So uh, the a company, Cortical Dynamics, has had... A, uh, a significant revamp of both hardware and software as a result of the feedback that we've had from the initial units that were put into hospitals around the world. The uh, software has been significantly upgraded and we now have new screen. We're working with uh, Philips who have devices in, in about uh, 50% Two percent plus of uh, operating theatres around the world, where our technology now um, can be taken to feed into their display screens, and our technology—that is the cortical technology—in which we have a sixteen percent interest, 
is to be used for operations where anaesthesia and analgesia have to be um, properly administered at appropriate levels so that it uh, enables the uh, physician and the anaesthetist to be able to optimally tell what the appropriate level of both anaesthesia and analgesia is in that patient. Well, that's a, something completely different and, and very uh, critical, of course, for people who are under the knife. So, David, interesting times for BPH with its various investments and we'll be watching over the next three or four months to see what happens in the federal court and then, of course, as you develop this uh, hydrogen technologies and also as cortical dynamics uh, gets rolled out into operating theatres. So thanks for coming in today and we'll look forward to catching up with you next year once things have progressed further. Peter, thank you and and thanks for the opportunity to uh, give you this uh, background and outline on uh, our investments today.